Nick and MG in the morning. Brought to you by the Sydney Kings. Spend summer with the Sydney Kings. Tickets at Ticketek. Huge news in the Liberal Party as seven former ministers announced their <laughs> retirement. <laughs> <laughs> All, of course, the same man. Same uh, <laughs> Scott Morrison. Bang. There's some news uh, we didn't see coming. No. Uh, done and dusted. Talk us through it, Natasha Belling. How did he make the announcement? What? How long is he hanging around for? What do we need to know? Yeah, Mr Morrison released a statement on social media late yesterday saying, quote, he's decided to take on new challenges in the global corporate sector and spend more time with his family. Of course, he's the member for Cook and has been in Parliament yep. for 16 years. But see you, ScoMo. Yeah. See you, ScoMo. Uh, off you go. Enjoy some happy clapping down at your, <laughs> your church, surrounded by your family. Remember, was it 60 Minutes or it was one of those shows where he was at his desk and his wife was standing behind him looking like a Quaker? Yes. Not moving? <laughs> yes. It looked something like it was horrific. He's given us some great highlights oh, of yeah. the journey, I would have thought. And we'll be remembered for a lot of things, not all of them directly related to politics, uh, what springs to mind for you? There's the uh, Engadine Macca's saga. Yes, uh, yeah. allegedly. Did, did a PM shit his pants at Macca's? <laughs> I mean, that's one for the ages, mm-hmm. isn't it? That really yeah. is. Uh, what about you guys, MG? Uh, mine is when he went, in 2022, he was down in uh, Tasmania and he went to a young soccer club and he was playing soccer with this eight-year-old and all of a sudden ScoMo's tripped and tackled this eight-year-old into the turf and got got up and the little kid didn't know what was going on. I thought that was going to be union. Didn't no. Tackle no, it was soccer. It was soccer, it yeah. Was it was soccer, soccer. And it wasn't even supposed to be tackle and he collided with his no, he tripped kid. And, he, and made him tackle the kid. Yeah. And then he held on to him, I think, trying to get up. Yeah. He said, Mate. <laughs> Tash, what about you? What is it for you? Oh, look, for me it was the ukulele. I know there was the on 60 sure. Minutes with Carl and I remember looking at Carl's face going, this is gold TV and his poor daughters and poor Jenny. He threw Jenny yeah. under the bus a lot. Mm. So if you're going on 60 Minutes and think doing a version of April Sun in Cuba <laughs> oh. on the ukulele, Oh. He's going to turn your political fortunes around. Uh, you're already cooked, I'm afraid. Uh, Robo debt. Uh, yep. That's uh, one of the big ones that'll go on his permanent record. Not ordering enough vaccines. Yep. Oh, uh, yes. Remember that. Calm down. We don't need. We'll be right. No yes. panic. It's not, it's not a race. It's not a race. It's not a race. <laughs> Correct. It's not a race. Yes, uh, it is. It actually is. <laughs> and it we're is. <laughs> Taking coal into Parliament. Remember when he oh, took yes. coal? What about the, what about the, Grace, the Grace Tame show, uh, stand-up? Hang on a second. I just want to unpack the <laughs> taking coal into Parliament. <laughs> oh, because that's right. <laughs> this is at the start of uh, climate change. What? That's a real thing. Look at this pit of coal. Boogada, boogada, boogada. Yeah. Uh, well, as it turns out, you were spot on again as our, our country continues to burn. Oh, yeah. that's right. When it burned... Mm-hmm. You were in Hawaii. Hawaii. With a lay around his neck. Correct. With, with a, I hope he took the ukulele. It's probably where he got it. <laughs> I, don't hold a, I don't hold a hose, mate, he said. It was famous. <laughs> and there's one you may, you may or may not remember, but it was, you know that stuff when politicians go onto the factory floor? Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, and they have to do some the stuff and wear hard hats. Hard yeah. hats, hair, hair nets. Yes, MG. <laughs> I remember the one where he was welding. 
and he couldn't see properly, so he took the welding mask off. <laughs> to, he got blinded for a second. To, to examine his work. Oh. I mean, is there anything uh, this man didn't do? How good mm. is Scott Morrison, as they would say in the classics? Uh, well, valet, sir, and yes. uh, here on the way out the door is a moving tribute to Scomo. 10,000 Australians. Have you ever been off the grass, Sure. Let's just move back from there. Hey, guys, I've just reseeded that. Please, off the thing. Sorry, man. <laughs> all good. That's all good. Thanks. <laughs> Those 500,000 doses were being manufactured in Italy. On the 19th of February, Minister Hunt. This brings to completion the full financial commitment of the Commonwealth Government to this shitty city, city <laughs> shaping. Be careful with that. Tell the Prime Minister to go and get from you are out, son. You are out. Well, I don't know who you're referring to um, or the basis of what you've put to me, um, but I obviously don't agree with it. Australians want a plan, and our plan, our plan, and it's not a set and forget plan. In this plan, there is accountability. Take me to the I want to thank uh, that fellow down under. Thank you very much, pal. Appreciate it, Mr. Prime Minister. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> Valet, Scott well done, Scamo. Fiji Airways Global Sale is on now. Fly Sydney to Nardi. Return from $609. Sale ends February 2. Book at FijiAirways.com. Conditions apply. Nick and MG's worst trip to head to the strip. Viva and it's hotting up now, people. Uh, you want to get involved. Tell us about the worst trip you've taken overseas, and we're going to make it right by sending yep. you on the best holiday you've ever had. You're going to Vegas to watch the NRL. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Is there anything else you would rather do uh, on the face of this planet? Uh, I think not. Cassidy's on the line. How are you, Cassidy? Great, great. How are you? Uh, we're really good. Uh, great to have you on and to talk about your nightmare trip. Was it overseas? Uh, yeah, Bali. Oh. So you went to Bali. Uh, I don't hear too many <laughs> horror stories coming out of Bali unless you're, I don't know, Chappelle Corby maybe. <laughs> um, she deserves, she's had a nightmare trip. She deserves better. You weren't in any of that kind of trouble, were you? No, no, definitely not, definitely. So what happened to you? Uh, so my mum and I actually went just as a girls' trip before for an early birthday present, and um, I thought I'd treat her by booking all like the accommodation for us, everything, and we got right. a really good deal. So we flew over and uh, we got to the hotel, and it was nothing like the pictures. It was disgusting. <laughs> I thought I was just getting a really good deal, but no, I wasn't. And yeah. um, the reviews are fake. Don't believe anything you see. Um, <laughs> So mum absolutely lost it. Like, I love my mum. She's a little bit of a diva, though. And I, fair enough, it was <laughs> bad. We ordered two separate rooms and got one with one double bed. Um, so <laughs> the shower was full of mould. It was disgusting. So my mum went downstairs to complain and get an upgrade, and they wouldn't upgrade us. So oh, wow. basically we had a massive fight. Um, I went. I left her to be, you know, we have a little tiff, so I leave her to be, go downstairs to the pool and bar room, and hang out with a couple of local girls there and I go upstairs and she's still there, you know, silent treatment. So <laughs> I go down to the local with a couple of girls and I come back and she's gone and I think she's probably gotten another room and finally, you know, probably yelled at them enough for an upgrade. Um, but then I woke up in the morning and I got a text that she'd actually left and gone to the airport. And <laughs> <laughs> well, after one, um, so, after one wow. day. 
Yep, one day. Yep, <laughs> I, look, I, try, I say diva is a little bit of an understatement. But, um, yes. And so basically, I really was just like, you know, I've got four more days here. Like, that's fine by me. But I uh, went to go to a club and pull out my passport, and uh, my passport was in a luggage. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, so... So um, your, your mum has left Bali, returned home to Australia with your passport. In her luggage, yeah. We had like oh, a kind of uh, shared travel pack with all our passports and documents. <laughs> and it. It was oh, so, um, yeah, that was great. And then I had to spend the uh, remaining uh, holiday money um, at the embassy getting a temporary passport to fly back. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome yep. aboard. Mm-hmm. You have earned your place uh, in this competition. Can yes. I tell you where I believe you made your biggest mistake? Where? <laughs> Just travelling to Bali with your mum. Yeah. Like, why? Who, who does that? Like, how much fun can you have? I, I would go to Bali to get away from my mum. If I'm a, if I'm going out and drinking and carousing and coming home late, possibly uh, with a lady, I don't want to be in a bunk bed with my mum. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's not going to work for me. That is not. We booked England a year later, and you know what? She organised all the bookings, and we had a great time. We laughed about it. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think that was passive was aggressive. She yeah. was making her point. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, yes. You know what you should have done? Left early with her passport. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, Cassidy. Uh, thank you. Uh, apologies about that, but you know what? It could all be over if you do. Go to Vegas. Are you taking Thank your mum? Are you uh, taking no. your mum? No, I'm sorry, mum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, good luck. Go on, you, Cass. Thank you so much. To join Cassidy on the standby list, you go to the win page at triplem.com.au and join us as the NRL Telstra Premiership kicks off for the first time ever in Las Vegas. Be there to witness four teams play the first game of the season on American soil. Visit nrl.com forward slash Vegas. Yep, Mick and MG in the morning. Two giants. Two Big, large men yep. on the male landscape, but sensitive and need yep. a bit of attention. Oh. How, how are you feeling, MG? Are you good? I'm great, buddy. How are you? Well, just sometimes we have to check in with each other yes. and look, because I think men's wellness yep. and well-being is often overlooked um, uh, because it gets drowned out by the noise from yep. the other side of the fence. Yes, Especially this one, studio. I, I just, we just had three minutes on iron levels during the news. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how's, your, how's your spinach going? Oh, how are you going? Yeah, not enough attention goes to us. Um, and I bring this up because, MG, according to a study from uh, the University of Oxford, oh. uh, for men, hanging out with friends and having a few drinks twice a week is not only enjoyable for men but crucial for their well-being. Well done. And you know what? I wouldn't promote this, but the Oxford University is a very, very good university. And if they've done a study that says men should hang out at least twice a week with their mates and drinking for their own mental health, then I'm prepared to go with it. It's about time we shined a light on men and their needs. Oh, so well, many studies right. are so many studies are against us, but this one is for no, us. This um, is this is one, and and I think it's it's tip of the iceberg stuff. Girls, am I right? It's like saying you need us uh, at our best, and yep. you want us in great form, 
and going out with their mates. I'm I mean, look. I'm, I'm quoting the Oxford University. It's only two days a week. Only two. MG, your friends are probably still on a mattress on the floor at your place. Your wife Three. is probably currently asking them to leave. You never go anywhere without your mates. <laughs> no, all right. If we could just. Yeah, that's why I'm always. That's why I'm always oh. happy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting hysterical. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Calm down. Have some, have some spinach. <laughs> How are you going? How's your iron level? <laughs> A little low right now. I would like to know, and I'd like to hear from men out there, are there things that they feel we should be doing to look after yep. our own wellness and well-being? It could be anything. You know, threesomes. Yep. Oh I would have thought Jesus. we should be allowed to. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> you're, to, you're, <laughs> you're breaking up. Have you, you guys you, finished? I'm just asking. No, I'm just getting started. I think this study's great. Wow. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Are you okay? Here it comes. Yeah, but. Here but, comes. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, first well, of all, the person that's done this study is Robin. So is it a male or female? It's university Excuse me, it's the Oxford University. This is the highest seat of learning in the history of Western civilization. Yep. Don't take them to task. Where did, did you go to uni? Um, Bathurst. Yeah. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm sure this study could have come out of Bathurst. <laughs> did you see in the fact, group? In, in fact, I think for wellness, men should go to Bathurst every year. Oh, yeah, there you oh go. my God. Yes. Bathurst 1000, yes. <laughs> one triple three five three. what should men do uh, for their own sense of well-being? We've got prizes to offer here. We oh, do. Yeah. You can go see uh, Diesel with your mate at his sold-out <laughs> gig at Sydney yes, Opera House. Yes, <laughs> there's so much to do. Um, how, how about, this would be good, splitting the bill, girls. Yeah, I, I already good. do that. that. I agree. I think that's no, great. Mm. I think for men, well, I just, geez, don't, if, if a guy on a date tries to split the bill, he's, there's some guys had fifty thousand dislikes because because he tried to split a split a bill with a girl. Everyone's yeah. come for him. Can yeah. I just say you two are overachievers because according to this Oxford mm. study. You go out more than two nights a week with your mates. Nah, I'm actually yeah, well, right on two. I'm right on it. I'm two. I'm feeling. I'm feeling really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling great. <laughs> this is all good. Uh, all right, one triple three five three. Tell us what men should be able to do for their own wellness, and that women should support us in. Oh. Uh, like, like sole sole ownership of the remote. remote oh, right? no okay. I know remotes on weekend. Men get the remote on the way. Except yes. for Bathurst or cricket tests. Well, no, no, there's no exception. See what you're doing again. You're <laughs> undermining us. I'm less happy now already. You are now a man. You're a man. Such a man. Lovely man. Now you're a man. It's important <laughs> as a man to be able to express yourself by going out and drinking and having fun with your mates. Uh, and, and look, it's not me talking. No. Uh, I, I, I defer... To the highest seat of learning uh, in Western civilization, Oxford University. A study's been done that finds men uh, not only would enjoy but should do it for their own good, go yes. out a couple of times at least a week with their mates drinking so they feel alive and full <laughs> and yeah. ba- <laughs> balanced as a man. I, look, I, I can take it or leave it, but if the study says oh, I've yeah. got to go, I've got to go because if I can't be good to the women in my life if I don't feel whole. So that's the most important thing. Oh, yes. <laughs> but you drink alone, so... 
if, if I have to. Yes, I do. <laughs> if I get driven to that, I will. Uh, we're talking about what men need to feel whole and well. Uh, and, boy, the callers are what about lighting the callers? up to get involved. Ross, Ross, what is it for you, mate? And uh, uh, fill us in. What do you need? Well, I, I think after we've got to be sensitive for once, uh, one, one week a month, we, we need one day a week or one day a month where the girls and the kids go out and we get the house to ourselves so we can sit in our undies in front of the TV, drink beer, watch TV, fart, smoke, do whatever we want, and, we, and just have a bit of a, our own moment. Oh, oh wow. well said. You, you, <laughs> should go, you should go into men's health because yeah. I... I cannot put it more succinctly than that. And if the women in your life care, they'll organise that for you. Yeah, fantastic. That would be great. Right, right. what? Cat not giving him anything. No, I'm reluctantly giving him a bum bag. So now you can sit on the couch in your underpants (laughs) with your Mick and MG bum bag (laughs) going, I feel better today. Mitchell's on the line. (laughs) Life's good. Mitchell, uh, what do you need to feel complete? Uh, look, I think uh, I agree once a week at the pub, have a couple yep. of beers with a couple of mates. And um, who doesn't love, you know, Wednesday special rum steak? Oh, oh rum yeah. steak. Rig steak <laughs> meal. Pe- pepper uh, sauce. Oh. And I'll tell you what. Wednesday special, so. I'll tell you I what. Think- what about this? What about this? When you go out and you have a, a beautiful day at the pub. But when you come home, your dinner's on the table, a big oh. rump. You walk through the door. <laughs> And if that, if your partner loves you sincerely, that would be a steaming rump is delivered as you sit down, and you and a go, cold beer. I'm tapping thank, out. <laughs> She's actually left the studio. Uh, what's your problem, yeah, Glenn? You, why would you not do something nice for Glenn? No, I think this study's fantastic, but we're all about you. you know. I just want to get on board. I want to go out two and three times a week. In school holidays too, I'm a little bit more busy, so I'll say to yeah, my wife, I've got, a, I've, I've got a meeting, darling." She goes, "Where's it at?" I said, "I just up the pioneer. It's, it's a neutral ground, and just." And she goes, "You know, where, where's, your, where's your meetings taking place? The, the pioneer tavern. <laughs> pioneer oh. tavern. <laughs> Sorry, yes. babe, we're going to be late. I've got back to back meetings." At the- <laughs> At that party time. Well, hello, Jen's on the line. Jen, oh, tell Jen. me what you do. Tell me what you do to make your your partner really happy, your husband. What can I you send my husband on two trips a year for four days with his mates down Love to the it. beach, ah! down the coast. This is unbelievable. Where, did, where do you get? Where does he go? Fishing or something? Yeah, they just sit around the fire, fish, drink, probably oh whinge God. about their partners. Yeah. Yep. Divorce him and I'll marry you. That <laughs> is as good. And what are you doing while all this is happening? I'm at home with the kids, but I get to oh, sleep in and just chill. Yeah? What she's Cat, saying is it's easier when you're not around. We've just Cat found pri- the best woman a ever. A prize, please. A prize. Yep. Pri- <laughs> I'm going to give you a double pass to the IMAX and a Mick and MG. Yes, Jen. you, Jen. Let's go to Leon. Uh, hello, Leon. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, good. good. What do you? What do men need to feel whole and alive? Well, what I do every afternoon when I finish work is I put a six pack in my bag and I walk the dog down to the leash free park. <laughs> oh, you yes, are you are smart. You are. You with, my, with mates or just by yourself? Uh, no, I catch up with a mate. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, walk around. Uh, we we walk around the park for about two hours and then stumble talk. home. 
Talk footy? <laughs> six battles. We could talk any sort of shit. <laughs> All right, there it is. Uh, Welder and Trent, I think we've got time for Trent quickly. Trent, uh, what do you need to feel whole and alive? Hey, how are you, Mick and MG, you pair of legends? Hello, Trenny boy. <laughs> so you seem happy and well. Why is that? Oh, mate, I've just driven down to Sydney from Newcastle to do a pick-up and head back to Newcastle. All right, great stuff. All right, what do you need as a man? Mate, every year, without fail, Bathurst 1000, I go there for five days. <laughs> five days. <laughs> you win I, the tickets. Yes. <laughs> to yes. The I, do, I do the recovery for the Bathurst 1000. Hotel at Bathurst while we're there. We go yeah. and work the five days, and each night we come back, have a few beverages and a meal, and do it all again. Well <laughs> done, <laughs> brother. Uh, duke him. Cat. All right, well done. You've scored yourself a Mick and MG bum bag and diesel tickets at the Opera oh, House. Yes. They are sold yeah. out, my friend. Well done, Trent. What a happy bunch thank of men. Well much. done, guys. Yeah. And, and thank, thank you, Oxford University. Yes. <laughs> Branded one of the country's most corrupt cops, convicted murderer Roger Rogerson has died. Sacked from the force in 1986 and within a few years was jailed for perverting the course of justice. Will you be defending the charges, Roger Rogerson? Look, I'm saying nothing at this point. He'd become so infamous, his life and crimes were made into a TV series, Blue Murder. Hello, Warren. He's now going to be remembered as one of the most corrupt cops we've seen in Australia. He was 83 when he passed away. One of the towering figures in uh, crime and punishment and management in this country, in my memory, in living lifetime, is Roger Rogerson. uh, Joining us now on the show, host of the Real Crime Podcast on the Listener app, part of the stable here, is Adam Shand. How are you, Shandy? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, good. Um, Just for our audience out there who uh, know all the big ticket items, can you just tell us where, how important is this man and this story uh, in the world of underworld crime? Well, it goes to the heart of what was happening in New South Wales at the time, that uh, it was the most corrupt police force in the country and the most corrupt state. And Roger was just a a product of that, but he was just better than everybody else. So people are saying, you know, one of the most corrupt in Australia. I think he was the most corrupt in Australia. It was caught. And he had two distinct crimes, uh, two, two distinct careers, I should say, where yes. he was a decorated cop, incredibly brave. And then in the early 80s, it all switched around. He started to identify with the crooks a lot more. And I think he had more dash than most of them. Adam, it's Tash here. I saw a great description of Roger Rogerson yesterday saying he was a decorated police officer that actually was a serial killer. Now, he's been convicted for a number of murders, but how many unexplained deaths do you think he could be responsible for? Well, possibly half a dozen. But the problem with Roger was that he was given to puffery. So when he was now mingling with the underworld circles, he would he would claim credit for all kinds of murders. So the number, I'm not really sure, but I would say half a dozen. He was knowledgeable a lot more. He took it all to the grave. He was deadly. I mean, you saw the Jamie Gow murder in 2014. It was all about the money. Walked into the was storage it? shed. Yeah. Was it, were people aware at the time that he was corrupt or was, did this all become unearthed kind of towards the end of his career or on the way out the back door? Because we all look at it now and go, oh, it was painfully obvious that the guy was running around town like uh, the bad sheriff. But was that known at the time? Well, it certainly was. I mean, with the shooting of Warren Land Franchi in 1981, he, he shoots him uh, with colleagues in, in tow and they are all mutually guaranteed uh, to, to, to go to hell uh, if they talk. 
And then he murders, so he organises for the murder of Sally Ann Huckstep, Lan Franchi's girlfriend, then the disappearance of Lynn Woodward, who was going to testify against him. So he was very clever and very calculating. So that's, I mean, in the end, he gets kicked out of the force. He, he organises for the shooting of undercover cop Michael Drury in, uh, in uh, 20, oh, sorry, that's um, uh, 84, and um, he gets acquitted of that, amazingly. And so in the end, he gets kicked out of the force for misconduct of a very minor nature. It was only after his, uh, his dismissal that all the really heinous stuff began to happen. Adam, over the last few days since his death, um, there's been an outpouring of, of emotion on, of, of, of past victims. In, in particular, yesterday, Sally and Huxted's daughter came out and juries came out. And, um, and then you spoke then about the, the, the Jamie Gow murder. Was he, just too, was he just too complacent or was he, was he just that type? He was so arrogant that in the end he just didn't give a shit about the CCTV that captured him and put him in jail for the, for the last time. Well, it's a complex story. Um, what happened there was that they were doing a drug operation at the McDonald's in Patchdo, looking at all the vehicles that were there. They noticed Roger's car was there. They began to follow the CCTV all the way to the storage unit. Um, and that, that CCTV cycles over one week. So if you had no inkling anything going to happen, you wouldn't even know. Yeah. So it was just bad luck in the end because that was an incredible operation. What happened there was they murdered Jamie Gow, stole his drugs. The, the drugs went into McNamara's car, was the co-accused, went to his block of flats in, in Sutherland. Um, the idea was a tow truck driver would come and pick up that, that car, steal it effectively, and a third party would take the drugs out of the vehicle. Um, what happened was the cops were already onto them. They took the vehicle away. And so you saw the level of planning and the layers. I mean, see, when, when you've been a, a cop, um, when you turn into a crook, you are very, very formidable. Nothing lower or more cunning than a crook with a badge. We uh, obviously are going to get a lot more information and a lot more coverage, and I'm sure you'll be uh, up to your knees in it yourself. I just was this the wild? This was the end of the wild west, wasn't it? This uh, you'll never get away with this. Uh, post a couple of uh, royal commissions. As he was, can you say truly that he was almost responsible for the uh, royal commissions and cleaning out this sewer? Oh, I think it was, absolutely, because you had you know, the state that was run uh, you know, by George Freeman and his crew, and Roger Rogerson was on board at Flannery killing people, Christopher Dale Flannery. I mean, it was a very, very murky time. And, you know, uh, us who live in Melbourne look up at Sydney and say, you know, it was, you go to Sydney for cash, Melbourne for blokes, you know, and there was a real division in the underworld. One thing I would say about Roger in terms of his underworld credibility I spoke to one of my great sources, and you, Roger, very close to did some business with him, and he said you could always trust him. He always, which I wow. found remarkable, but, wow. <laughs> but that's the kind of world, this is the jungle, you know, it's not yes. the same sort of thing as the as a squarehead world. All right, well, uh, it's an incredible passing, and it's, a, as I said, a towering figure in the, uh, the landscape of crime in this state. Uh, thank you, Shandy. Uh, if you want to hear more from the, the big man, he's hosting Real Crime Podcast on Listener at the moment. Thanks for your time today, Adam. Good on you, Good on you, Mick. What the f*** is going on? Good, you are dumb. What the f*** is wrong with you? Mick and MJ's What the f***? WTF? Gen Z only want to work nine till two, not nine <laughs> to five. Wow. Yep, uh, that's it. Uh, I know we did a spot on Gen Z earlier this morning, but this is information just to hand. Uh, they only want to work from nine until two. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's huge news, for, yeah. uh, not entirely surprising. 
they still want to get paid till five. Yeah, of course. Uh, they just only want to work till two. Um, and they want their Uber drivers to work after two. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important thing. It's shorter than the school day. It's <laughs> shorter than school days. It anyway. Is. Well, there you go. Wow. Okay, good luck getting that one through. MG, what have you got? Prisons have been shutting down in the Netherlands due to to a lack of criminals. What the f***? And maybe an overabundance of pot, maybe, but the Netherlands prioritises diversion and rehabilitation programs successfully steering individuals away from the criminal justice system and their prisons. Can we send some of ours over there? (laughs) Possible. Yes, I think a lot of ours would like to go there. We'll do a, a reverse England to Australia, a reverse convict run. We'll run, all, we'll load, we'll load up the boats and run all our our convicts back to where? Where's that? Netherlands. 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 The Netherlands. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, no crime. Come on, criminals, pull your finger out. <laughs> Get out there and bash someone. Go and steal something. Get some you know, poppies. Uh, so steal I mean, some poppies. Yeah. Uh, steal some poppies. A smash and grab. You know, nothing too bad, but just no. enough to chuck a brick through a window. I mean, come <laughs> poor, on. Poor prison warden. Poor prison guards are out of, out of the job. Come on. Over there, all right, Natasha Belling, what have you got? Our superstar, Ash Barty, is making a sporting comeback. Oh, what yes. The f- but it's uh, not for tennis, it is for golf. Oh. Can you believe good. that? She plays off four, uh, so she's very good. How, well, how can you make a sporting comeback if you play off four? Well, because she's a, she's a three-time Grand Slam singles champion, right? And now she's going to be announced as the headline act at the New Zealand but Open. You can't, you can't play pro golf if you're a four. She can. Look, don't she's ask not. me questions. No, she can't. <laughs> no. Oh, I'm, 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 oh, off, I'm off 21. I'm off 21. I'll go and have a hit. <laughs> of course you can. Whatever. They've got tee-off times, haven't they? Yes. I'll just go and put my name down. Okay, you go and can, go and Can I take stash. my golf cart? No, she's one of the 156 <laughs> amateurs who are, who are playing in it. Yeah. That's... She's a she's classed as an amateur, but she's off a four, and she's she's the headline act because of who she is. Mm. Mm. Well, I would have thought the amateurs are still off scratch. Mm. Not New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not New Zealand. <laughs> what are you saying? That New Zealand golf's terrible. Well, who's the last golfing star from New Zealand? Um, Turner, the left-hander, who's very oh, good. Yeah. Won a yeah. major. Did he? <laughs> No, I, I regret no, I bringing this topic to the table. I regret now. you bringing it too. <laughs> I, I regret everything you've done on today's program. <laughs> Cat, you got anything quickly? Yes, a Bondi apartment owner has been offered $1 million just for his car garage. What the uh, f- what? <laughs> Does it come with a car in it? Or no, what? it is an no. empty one, one car. It only fits one car in it. It's in a beautiful spot in Bondi because parking is so bad. One million dollars. What? And turned down the offer. He turned it down because he wants and to sell it with the car garage. What? Oh, mm. right. The guy, they say, he's, he's got a meth lab or something. In yeah. There. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's something going on in that garage that he doesn't want yeah. anyone no. to know about. You get the idea. One, triple, three, five, three. Let's go, people. Oh, how much money? One thousand dollars. You have been very unimpressed with everyone so far. Here we go. (laughs) Blow our minds, Glenn. What have you got for us? Uh, In World War Two, mate, the British had two of their naval ships commissioned into floating breweries so they could brew beer for their uh, troops over in Europe. What the? See, that is 
fantastic. That Love what, I, the British. They're good, good for one thing, Mick. <laughs> well, for, and, and you know, they wouldn't have refrigerators because that beer would be warm. Yeah, right. just, by the time they, hey, permission to come aboard. That's what I would be saying. <laughs> In fact, if I was even on another British boat, I would attack that boat. <laughs> I would get a pirate. Ah, oh, that is good. Do you know, uh, you're talking about two, two ships just for floating breweries. The New Zealand Navy uh, only has one ship. What the f***? Which, which is strange because they've got two islands. <laughs> so, so what do they do? Which one do you cut loose? Uh, the north or south? Oh, yeah. south is more beautiful. South. Oh, you've got to keep the south so you, what, so you can go to Queenstown skiing. Is that what it is? No. <laughs> they may only have one ship, but they are a nation of bouncers. So That's they're still going to take, yep. take a fair bit. To subdue. I think they're fairly confident they might be able to repel anything over there in Queensland. Thank you, mate. Michael, or what have you got, buddy? Yeah, hi. Am I there? Yep. Yes, yes you are. All oh, right. Uh, yeah, Axel Rose. It's an anagram for oral sex. What the f***? Holy moly. Let me hear more. 200 bucks for you, Michael. <laughs> that is a, a very uh, – it's been under my nose the whole time and it never occurred to me. How would you yeah. learn that? Oh, I just used to come up in uh, trivia contests in the 90s, so, well, yeah. You are. <laughs> wow. See? Axel Rose, an anagram for oral sex, and uh, uh, how appropriate. I'm sure a bit of that went on back in the day. Oh. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> I can only imagine. I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm getting a th- well, we're getting a thumbs up. I could have yeah. – well done, fact checkers. I can work out whether yep. oral sex is an anagram of – what did I say? Axel, Axel, Axel Rose. Rose. <laughs> oh, I'm getting confused. How much money did I just give away? You just gave away $200. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, Alex is on the line. Alex, what have you got? There is a tree in India which is 250 years old. It's 80 feet tall and it spans over three and a half acres. What the f***? I would oh, chop that down. Oh, I would get, attack that with an axe. <laughs> that is... And, and apparently... Novak Djokovic has a special relationship <laughs> with it. Yes. Oh, wait he till he, wait. He's, uh, he's seen it on Tinder. He's, he follows it on Instagram. <laughs> Just, oh, have a look at uh, that, that profile picture. Oh. Good on you, Alex. Hey, let's go to Luke. Luke, what do you got, buddy? Uh, g'day, I've got Adolf, Adolf Hitler had one mm. testicle. What the f***? And Adolf Hitler is an anagram for oral sex. No, it's not. <laughs> Uh, hang on, one testicle. Yeah, I know yeah, that because there's a song about it. Yeah, I'll sing it for you. Uh, it goes, Hitler. Hitler. He had one mm-hmm. green ball. Google. <laughs> he had two very small. Himmler. He had one similar, but poor old Rudolph had no balls at all. Five hundred bucks to me. Whoa, to me, not you, you no. Luke. <laughs> well, Luke, you can have a hundred bucks. Luke. Yeah, that's a good one, Lukey. Good well, one, thank you. Well done. Well, you're Sport Report. Yeah, the Glenn Maxwell saga has taken another turn because uh, former Aussie Test captain uh, Michael Pup Clark uh, said yesterday he's worried about some of the details that have emerged about Glenn Maxwell's Adelaide incident. This is what Pup had to say yesterday on his uh, radio show, The Big Sports Breakfast. Actually, I can't think of a time where I've had to call an ambulance or an ambulance had to be called for me, no matter how drunk I was. No. So I'm, I'm worried, is there more to this? And I just hope he's okay, like I say, first and foremost. 
Yes, well, if you're going to be worried about someone's drinking patterns, uh, Michael, uh, you may want to set your mind back to a certain car park in Noosa. You know what I mean? I mean, there's degrees of worrying about yes. people and their drinking habits, but uh, we take it on board. Uh, yeah. And I do believe there was genuine concern there for another cricketer. Yeah. Anyone you have concerns for in, in cricket? I don't think he's. Uh, I mean, especially when we're talking about no. former Australian captains. Yeah, I, I worry a bit for Steve Smith. I'm not sure. I've seen you hey. when tears fall because the episode you just saw fell like more than just a show. It's ScoMo. Really? I hope that is drink-related. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's COVID-related. Oh, no. There it is. Come on, cricket. Clean it up. By the way, yeah. just before we go, there is a big game on tonight, MG. Yeah, the Sydney Sixers uh, take on the Brisbane Heat in the Big Bash tonight, starting at 7.15 at the SCG. This is the grand final. Let's go. Here we go, people. Uh, you would, that would be, if I'm worried about men's wellness and well-being. <laughs> you take your mate. I take think your mate you've got to either go <laughs> yep. or sit at home with the remote and be left alone. Mm, terrible <laughs> And we've been joined live in the studio by a friend of the show, Dom Knight. How are you, Dom? Dom, Dom Dommy. Good On. morning, gentlemen. It's a sad day, I've got to say. Put out your curry well, recipes, Australia. ScoMo's out of here. He's out of well, here. Well, the retirement of eight former ministers all on the same day uh, for the Liberal Party <laughs> is just a big day by anyone's reckoning. ScoMo, when you look back, what do you think? I mean, I, I think you've got a man there who apparently saw an eagle when he was in a shop and the eagle spoke to him with the word of God and said, you're going to be Prime Minister one day, ScoMo. Go for it, son. And because Peter Dutton couldn't count... It opened up and like Steve Bradbury, he sidled on in there to become Prime Minister for uh, for the pandemic and he's heading off to pursue new corporate opportunities in the US, which I find very surprising, I've got to God tell you. Yes. Um, because this is the first time he's ever thought he, he'd only had to do one job at a time. Um, there was a rumour doing the rounds that he wanted to work for PwC. I'm, I'm not making this up. In all sincerity, apparently he was going for a job there and they thought there was too much reputational risk. Um, and look, I don't want to be harsh to the guy. Like, as long as the job doesn't involve organising a vaccine program, I'm sure he'll kill That's it. That's it. He was all over that. It's not a race, remember. It's, it's not, not a race. A, a race. Well, uh, if we want to take a, a, a look back, is that what we're doing? A, like a yeah. little valet? Yeah. What have you organised? Oh, What's we this? made back in the day, uh, the Chaser team, you know, made a tribute to ScoMo back when we worked here. And uh, it's a good day to just bring it out and just take a moment and just reflect on all that he did and didn't do for Australia. <laughs> in memoriam, Scott Morrison. He was the Prime Minister nobody wanted, chosen because he was less terrifying than Peter Dutton and less terrifying than giving the job to a woman. <laughs> Bravely, he fought this election solo, armed with only a single policy, that if Australians had a go, they'd get a go. And even that was plagiarised from Dr Seuss. In the end, <laughs> voters decided he had to go. He survived by his loving faction, his vast space-age Pentecostal church, and dozens of baseball caps that make him look like an ordinary Australian. A very ordinary Australian. You are the wind beneath my wings. 
Scomo will be remembered as the man who stopped the votes, who pretended to get the budget into the black and definitely got Engadine Mackers into the brown. <laughs> I just hope the job's in Hawaii, gentlemen, because uh, I think if it's a tourism job based in Hawaii, it's it's definitely the one thing he's probably going to be able to manage. Well, he should take his ukulele to the <laughs> home should. of oh. the ukulele in Hawaii, <laughs> Hawaiian shit. Hey, he's not carrying a hose. That's one of the great quotes. <laughs> Did you know Axel Rose is an anagram for oral sex? What the f***? <laughs> you don't listen to this sense. program. It makes sense. It makes <laughs> it all kinds make of sense. Perfect sense. Uh, mate, uh, bring us up to speed with everything we need to know about what's going on in this state. Let's talk cocaine. Oh, yes, if you're talking uh, Sydney oh. breaking news, there's the heat wave, but more importantly, the cocaine on the beaches. This is an extraordinary story. If you're trying to cool off uh, with the heat wave that's coming, can I suggest yeah. ocean swimming? Because the odds <laughs> of you picking up a, a one kilo box of cocaine... Uh, incredibly high. There are now more than 250 of these boxes, uh, right? And the last one was uh, picked up by a Bondi lifesaver in a very special episode of Bondi Rescue. Uh, I think the one guy in Bondi who's not a Coke dealer managed to get this box and, uh, yeah. and, and get it. But, yeah, apparently this thing's worth 40 grand. What they do is they've got a chain off the boat, right, so that when they get boarded and searched, they don't find the Coke. But the chains break all the time. That's and that's right. how it washes up. So as I say, you know, get a get a dinghy, get a canoe and get out there. <laughs> get a kayak. That's right. Get one of those little submarines from Ocean View. What are they? What was what were they? The oh, yes. Crushed like a tin can. Still worth it. Still well worth it. But, I mean, apparently there's so much coke in Sydney these days. I, was, I heard an ex-cop uh, being interviewed about yeah. this. Apparently there's more cocaine than weed out there. And oh, well. it was an amazing story after you guys were off the air in late December, which I think is mm. worth going back to. Because sure. uh, someone called the cops to a unit in ride, okay? And the cops turned up and they found in the basement, in a Toyota Yaris of all things, uh, <laughs> there, were, there were four guys, I think, in there wearing balaclavas and black clothing. Uh, yeah. And they opened the back. They found a crowbar, knives, box cutter, meat cleaver, gloves, yeah. and uh, some zip ties. They thought... These guys are not here for a, you know, a stripogram or something. There's nothing going on here. They're not carpooling. That's right. They're not carpooling. So they, they arrest these guys and then they're looking into it a bit. And there's this bloke in the apartment block who's very happy that, the, that they've um, brought these guys out of the basement. So the cops go back later that day and uh, raid the apartment. They figured out who they were trying to kidnap, allegedly. Yeah. And this guy goes out the back window and they find $1 billion worth of cocaine in this one apartment. I think it was 722 bricks. That is a what the oh. itself. <laughs> 722 kilos or, you know, an ordinary day at Bondi wow. Beach this summer. Wow. That's, that's a big, that's, that's uh, yeah, an episode of border security. It's massive. That, it just made me think. Me. I mean, Sydney's changed, hasn't it? Sydney, oh, back yeah. in the day, you would have just called in Roger Rogerson. The coke would have been absolutely <laughs> fine. A few <laughs> drug dealers would have been shot in the back alley. That's how they used to do it in this city. We've gone so straight. Well, when, when cops say we found a billion dollars yeah. worth of cocaine, I read that as two billion. <laughs> two billion. If, I, if I know how the, the police in Melbourne have operated over so many years, uh, whatever they report, you can double. I mean, in uh, Roger's day, in Roger's day, oh, you can, yeah. he lost his touch towards the end. I mean, that last murder, uh, yeah. very yeah. clumsily <laughs> staged uh, by the Dodgers' no. standards, and he was still trying to extort Ron Medich, apparently, at the time. Yeah. It's sad to see one of the old pros losing his touch towards the end of his stays, isn't it? It is. His time had come. You mentioned the the heat wave. Uh, what, what are your suggestions are? 
Go swimming. Go swimming. Yep. Just get out there on the water. I mean, I think in, on a, when it's like this, you haven't got many options. You've got to... Uh, you go ocean swimming and find your, your, your keg of, uh, of coke. But yeah. if, if you know someone who's got a pool, I think you're within your rights, Sydney, to break in. Yeah. Break well, in and have a dip. The other thing is, the one the thing Penrith that gets, Beach. Penrith, Penrith Beach. Beach. Let's just keep it. pushing. Get the Penrith, Penrith Beach. Penrith Beach. Or go to the gym all day. Like M- MG will tell you, the best <laughs> aircon okay. in the world is at the gym. It's the only reason I ever go there. I've got no aircon in <laughs> <on> my gym. <laughs> okay. This has taken a turn. Uh, thank you, Dom. And uh, podcast out now? Uh, no, it's still kind of on holidays. But oh, I'm yeah. going to the beach, oh, and I'm not going to the beach for the sun, people. <laughs> Good on you, Dom. Nick and MG in the morning, brought to you by the Sydney Kings. Spend summer with the Sydney Kings. Tickets at Ticketek. Mick and MG in the morning, weekdays from 6 on Sydney's Triple M.